Screenings episode 89. I'm your host, and with me is my regular host, Jackson. Hello. And Destiny. Hey there. It's time for movies. <laughs> Why? It's true. Why'd you it's, laugh? Because it's time it, for movies, and I haven't watched a movie. None of us have watched movies. I've been gaming. I've watched three other movies. Two okay, of them were the... unfortunately for other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've done. Um... Lord of the Rings stuff, which has been fun, but that's from yeah. The we watched we watched the Two Towers Extended Edition, which you can listen to on Mortar Movie Night. Um, we had a great talk. Um, I like that movie a lot less now, but I did enjoy talking about it, and it made me a little warmer towards it, having talked about it, which is always good. Um, yeah, I rewatched Batman: Mask of the Phantasm for Gotham City Limits, which you can find at exportaudio um, slash Batman. I don't actually remember our URLs ever. Um, and that movie is still great. Mask of the Phantasm can't be beat um and then uh no one else has another movie right i don't i got fucking nothing i've, got, uh, I've, I've been not moving mode i watched just last night a poison ivy the 1992 erotic thriller by cat shay um never heard of it oh my god it's great so, so uh <laughs> sarah gilbert is uh the daughter of tom scarrett who's like a news like a news talking head guy um and cheryl ladd who are like this real yuppie couple um but like cheryl ladd's dying of anime disease basically um and is just lying around taking too many pain pills and is on oxygen and everything and tom scarrett's trying to get over his drinking problem anyway sarah gilbert goes to this rich private school and sees drew barrymore who is ivy in this and she's like just like a, a wild teen who's like lived on the streets and's got tattoos and like big permed hair and is uh sexually menacing in a way that uh young Sarah Gilbert finds entrancing and frightening um but wants to be friends with her really badly and so brings her home where uh Drew Barrymore proceeds to fuck up her entire life by seducing her dad and impersonating her mom and uh becoming real like insinuating herself into the family unit in this really poisonous awful way it's great fun i loved it <laughs> had a great time one of the classics of uh erotic thrillers just yes hands down classic it, it's got kind of a tiny bit of sapphic energy between uh sarah gilbert and drew barrymore uh a lot of great just a lot of great drew barrymore looks in this movie she's yes. just uh lolita-ing it up uh and yeah no it's good it's good i love this movie it's really silly uh it's got good 92 vibes the part where like 92 still kind of feels like the 80s but like this weird version of it where everything's just turned up a little too high uh that in spades it's really good i had a great time i laughed a lot um so do you want one of these uh Honestly, if I was Sarah Gilbert, I'd be like, thank you, Drew Barrymore, for coming in and fixing my family. It's really weird that you're my mom now because we're the same age, but uh, that's kind of the vibe. The, the family works better now that you're here. <laughs> Unfortunately, she cannot abide that because uh, she is a normal person in movies, the most boring people alive. 
the classic uh, movie situation of like a thing happened that is cool and funny and great to watch, but then normality has to assert itself otherwise half the audience goes home and riots <laughs> yes it's fine you cheer for the villains and you have a good time and that's how that's it it's fine it this is this is the erotic thriller like standard right it's always like well you know that the evil woman's going to get punished at the end of this but you're cheering for the entire way anyway because who doesn't uh yeah I feel like everyone talks about uh, well, not every, not every horror villain, um, and this isn't a horror. This is a horror villain, but I think of like this is very similar to how people everyone talked about uh, Mithrigan. Uh, oh yes, where, <laughs> that is also like a sicker woman that uh, everyone loves to root for. I mean, when I when I watched uh, Megan, I was extremely like, there's like some weird like almost erotic thriller energy in here in the way in which the mom and Megan relate as like peers. It's just got weird stuff in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really picked up because it's meant to be a PG-13 movie for children, but um, it's in the script. I feel like, I mean, I talked about it when we watched it. Yeah, There's vibes. A um, legacy of rooting for uh, the sicko villain lives on. Yeah, this one's way more like lascivious. This is this is a erotic ass erotic thriller. Yes. Just what you want. Like they used to make. That, yes, a genre that is vanished from this earth. Uh, that's so true. Um, and I had a great time with it. Uh, but that was it. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Do we just want to get in our movie then? Yeah. Sure. All the movies I've watched have podcasts. So. Yep. Uh, our movie this week is Tam Popo. The 1985 movie written and directed by Juzo Itami. Uh what do I got? What do I want here? Um, Destiny. No, Jackson, you describe the film and then Destiny tells me why she picked it. That's how this works. Uh, this is a film nominally about Tampopo, uh, who is a lady who runs a ramen store, uh, being taught by a truck driver who drives past and finds himself in the store one day uh, how to make good ramen and make the ramen store to the top of its potential. Ramen store training arc. Um and she learns to make the ramen, and she does. That's that's the plot of the movie. There is no more plot to describe. Uh, <laughs> however, this is intercut with uh, various digressions and through lines of other characters and their relationships, uh, specifically to like food and also just cinema in general. Uh, the you know, there's the <laughs> cutaways to the fucking uh, businessman, and then there's the yakuza guy with his white suit and his. I, I assume he's a yakuza guy. He just has the effect of one and dies like one yes, at the end. Yes, but there's, he there's, there's no like wider plot there. He's just the aesthetic, uh, you know, manifestation of that guy in cinema. He will come here and inexplicably get shot and die. You never see who he gets shot by. No, because <laughs> uh, it doesn't no. matter. I just I just started calling him egg pervert at some point. So. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing I knew about this movie before we watched it was that there's like weird egg pervert shit in there. I did not. No, the egg pervert shit knocked me the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did not. not see, I did not know. I had no idea. So I was like, oh, I never watched this because everyone was like, oh, it has like really weird fucked up egg pervert shit. I was like, what does that even mean? Um, <laughs> and obviously, obviously, it, it's not even that much. Like when you describe it, when it's the only detail you hear about a movie, you get some ideas. Um, and it ended up not really being anything like that. But it's a very funny thing to be the one piece of information I have. Mm. That makes your reaction to Dusty picking this last week make more sense to me. Yeah, because I, I thought it was, oh, you mean the weird egg <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't know that about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's no pink flamingos as far as egg perverts go. <laughs> um, Destiny, why'd you pick this one? I picked it because I heard it was yummy, 
and uh, I felt like I wanted something kind of lighthearted, and uh, honestly, I didn't know much about the movie going in. I just sort of picked it from a list that I uh, have been compiling for this podcast, so no interesting story there. (laughs) Okay. This has always been one for me where, like, um... People talk about it in such glowing ways where I, I just automatically go, well, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's good because people I trust really like it. But like I just become bereft of interest in like pursuing it because it's like, well, I'm sure it's good. But like anything that that's, that's that good isn't interesting, <laughs> which is sometimes you just get in your head is like someone who like is always looking to be surprised by a movie when something is like too lauded, even when it's people's taste you trust. You're like, oh, I, it just feels like what's the point of going to that one? Um, and I've always, this one's always been on my to-do list because of that reason. Everyone I know likes it. People who love cinema, whose taste I trust, love it. Normal people love it. So I'm, I was like, I'm sure it's good, but that doesn't make me excited. Insane online critic brain sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not a standard reaction. I was explaining this to Justin. Justin's like, what are you talking about? I don't have that at all. And I was like, this is the difference between you and me. Yeah, no, I don't have this at all. Like, if it's acclaimed, I'm going to seek it out. Like, not... You know, amongst my friends, not critics, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. If everybody's like this movie's really good, I'm like, oh, I want to see it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it just becomes too much. I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. I'm sure I have a movie like that where like somebody's talked it up so much I don't want to see it. That I mean, definitely happened. I have a lot of those that are like just blockbusters that like are in the culture, but that is different to me than a movie like this where like you know it's as old as I am. And uh, people talk like it hits different. The way it hits my brain is different in that when people talk about how Avatar 2 is good, I don't believe them. I always believe that Tampopo is probably good. <laughs> yes. yes the, the, those are two. I was also going to speak on. So those are two different things. Those are like the discourse exhaustion and yeah. the just like classic uninterest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are two different things. And often the classic like, oh, uninterest classic? always must be confronted because on the other side yeah. are good movies. Because they're um, usually just the classics for a reason is usually the way <laughs> yes. that goes. Yeah. Um, oh. Which is Whereas to say, the, I think yeah. this movie's fucking incredible. Yes. <laughs> incredible movie. I was like, damn. God damn. Charmed the cinema. We, we watched it in two nights because we watched mm. one hour and then another hour. And uh, after the first hour, I was like, I want to keep going because I'm so charmed. <laughs> we were very tired. It's been a rough week. Uh, <laughs> yes, it has. Um, just the like lightness by which it dances around its, um, its settings and characters. I, so I was watching this and I was like, you know, this reminds me of, this reminds me of Playtime. And I go and look at the Ebert review. And the first thing he says is like, this is like Jacques Tati. And I was like, okay, good. I'm glad me and Ebert are on the same page about this. Uh, whereas uh, when we talked about Playtime, Playtime is about like cynicism in the face of modernity. This movie is nothing but like lighthearted and warm about the ways, even in modernity, people still got to eat and people still love their fucking food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can do the cynical read. Yes. I, I, I don't. I think this movie is really earnest. And that's the, the things I like about it are when it is earnest, right? Yes. I mean, the movie is earnest, but it is also about, like, the same things as Playtime, right? Like, yeah. these places are being eradicated. The supermarket's next door. She's, you know. Uh, She's got to poke all the cheese and bread. God, that lady gave me anxiety. Oh, <laughs> uh, so rude. It's so rude. <laughs> it's so rude. Don't I'm like, you're never getting that cheese. brie back normal. You can't sell that. It's been poked. It's been can't, poked to death. Can't sell that peach. Oh, it's uh, so funny. Yeah, the funniest scene to me... Okay, so the guy, like... Okay, uh, in the very beginning when Gunn and Gora are reading that book and the the guy's, like, t- telling him everything he has to do the wrong... Caress it. 
talk to it. And, and that was really funny. But the, the businessmen ordering the food and they all ordered the same thing. And then that guy just orders like, oh, uh, this is done in this style. Oh, yes, the waiter trained there. And ooh, I would like an 81 of this wine. And it's my favorite vintage. Like, that's the best scene. <laughs> uh, that part's really good because then it pans over to the other businessmen and they're all like cartoon red. <laughs> like embarrassment. Yes. Yes. Uh, goofy. I love it. Um, mine, the one I like is the, um, the father who comes home to his dying wife and, uh, tries to like rouse her. Like, you know, you have to live for something. The kids are hungry, make dinner. And she shambles up like a corpse to make one last fried rice before dying. And then as the kids are like wailing in their like sadness and grief, he's like, eat the rice. This is the last meal your mother made for you. <laughs> eat it while it's hot. <laughs> Uh, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, that that was very funny. Um, this movie has such animated film energy. Like we were talking about live action movies that we'd like to see animated. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't blink if they made an animated series of this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just by riffing on. Like I get why people call it like a, a ramen western, right? Like the the way in which Goro rides in and out of town. Uh, the end of the movie, he literally does the Streets of Fire. <laughs> it's good every time. It's, it's good, good every, every time. time. You put it in any movie, and you're like that's gonna want to me. Oh, she's made it. He's gonna walk out. They're gonna smile ruefully at each other, and then he's gonna ride out of town. <laughs> He's going to be like, oh, like it could have been, but it, it probably won't. And it's just going to ride out. It's amazing. I love it. Yes. It's cheap so mode good. ending. I mean, it, it, this movie's actually like really good all the way through. And uh, Streets of Fire, it's actual, the, the yes. movie was not good enough, but it, the ending still works. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie just uh, incredible. Like, this is my first Atomi movie. And I was like, damn, uh, this guy's got it. Uh, yeah. It's a shame there aren't that many of them because he was murdered by the Yakuza, probably. <laughs> Probably that's isn't that like confirmed at this point? That's the first thing everyone tells me about him. Well, a yakuza, a yakuza guy said they did it, but also the police are like, "Nah, that's not true. We we investigated. We don't think it was the yakuza." But then, okay, so it's definitely yakuza. The yes, There's a two. Totally, yes. <laughs> probably murdered by the yakuza. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's so there sad. Uh, it is, but it does make the part at the end of this movie where the guy comes out and like tragically dies like Yakuza really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he has a movie that's like all about making fun of the Yakuza that came out a couple years after this. It pissed off the oh, Yakuza. Is that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He I didn't know that he up. went harder on that. That's a, explains a missing uh, a missing link in this one. Yeah. Um, what is the name of that movie? Now I don't remember. Um. Uh. Uh, Minbo no Ona is the name of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apparently it's just a Yakuza satire that he made in '92. Seeing that the Yakuza aren't weren't they what were they what they used to be, and the Yakuza uh, beat him up for it. Uh, when were the Yakuza what they used to be? <laughs> that is the defining feature of the Yakuza. They sit around going, "Man, it used to be great, and now it's not anymore." <laughs> okay, Neve's already damning us. <laughs> But I, I am always laughing about how, uh, you know, when we watched um, Tokyo Drifter, which is a movie made in 1960, they're all standing around going, man, the Yakuza, weren't they like they were back in the day? I'm like, what back in the fucking day? <laughs> <laughs> like, because <laughs> um, it's sliding scale on that stuff. Yes. Uh, this movie also is my favorite uh, thing in films, which is a director uh, shooting his wife. Just having yes. intense wife guy energy about how cool his wife is. Agreed. I love it as well. 
You just you just can't beat it. It's just so uh, electric on film. And these two seemingly were just happily married, not like uh, the disasters that <laughs> I usually am talking about. <laughs> yes, I didn't realize that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, there's that one incredible scene where uh, they're talking, <laughs> like in the room talking about like, is she hot enough? And the one guy, uh, baby Ken Watanabe, is like, <laughs> I didn't realize it was him until I was reading the credit list. I was like, holy shit! Same here. I didn't. He is so young. Him. Yeah. Actual child Ken Watanabe is like, I know you think everything she does is the hottest thing ever because you're in love with him, uh, love with her. I won't admit it. And he's like, What? What you talking about? And then after they do the makeup, he's like, Oh, they're gonna ruin her aesthetic. Yeah, but then like he's like, Well, you gotta understand, she's like a little old and mousy for for some of the. We still gotta like put some effort in. And her reaction outside as she's watching this and then starts getting a son is so cute. Excuse me, how dare you? It's really funny. It's really good. I was watching the scene and I was like, it could have gone another way, but no, it was good. I kept expecting him to like, you know, give her a kiss or them to get to get like him turn around the truck and them get together. But nope, that's not what happened. No. I guess I'm just a romantic. I wanted a nice romantic ending for them. (laughs) There's nothing more romantic than the guy riding off into the sunset after he fixes your life. It's true. It's true. I also like how they just kept. Oh, what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. Uh, collecting people to like help with the restaurant and the yes. way that which in which they collected the people is very, very good. This is um, this is extremely a like get the band together like heist movie, but the heist is re- revamp this restaurant. Yes, and when they get sensei, and then they, all the homeless guys sing to him before he leaves. <laughs> oh, oh, that was so good. That song moved me. These these uh these magical homeless guys who are all foodies of peerless quality sneaking into kitchens to make dinners every night. It's so goofy. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's like the the playtime stuff, right? Of like yeah, modernity is destroying the like cultural act of food preparation and eating and uh, this thing that is important to people. Um, and uh, it's good. That's not really good. Yeah. Uh, because like I don't. You know, I just eat the food that I get usually from the shop, right? Like, I was watching this like, damn, I don't have put my heart and soul into the food I cook or, you know. Okay, I've like met, you know, I can cook-ish. Uh, I can prepare food for myself, uh, but I don't uh, have it like anyone in this movie. They're talking about ramen in this like religious way. It's so good. Yes. Um, and I, I don't know like enough about ramen specifically. Uh, I know it is good and everyone likes it. Uh, but I definitely took it more as like a, this is a... Um, Maybe it's positioning this as like a, a thing that is representative of any like communal labor. Yes. Or like it is like work that has been done for you by someone who is like committed to doing the work. Uh, and it's a thing you need, right? Food is a thing everyone needs. You could make the same movie, but like about carpentry. Insert any other trade yes. that has been like bulldozed by modernity. Um, and I think that stuff shined through really well. Like the the triumph of the scene where they all like eat it and that all the fucking bowls are up and the <laughs> yes. music hits. I'm like, this is this is uh, this is you know um, when Yadrobi cuts off the tail. This is what it's all about. <laughs> yes, um, I like when they're going around and uh, scoping out all the other guys. Like the four guys who yes. their whole gimmick is that they yell really loud when people come in. <laughs> and he's like. They don't have it, but the one bit where they yell really loud when people come in, that, that, they got that. that one, they, that's the one thing. <laughs> <laughs> their ramen might suck, but they're greeting. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. Uh, I love all that stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's just very light and um, 
extremely charming. Made me very hungry. I was like, man, I could eat some noodles right now. Even when they're all slurping spaghetti, I'm like, damn, some spaghetti sounds good right now. Yeah, everything looked delicious. I don't eat meat, and there was a scene where they go to, like, a place and they eat the meat off of the grill at the restaurant, and I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh. Oh, is that the one with the uh, the the pickpocket? <laughs> yes, to be a professor? yes, the pickpocket seat. <laughs> you doing the professor bit again? The scene where um, uh, the the one lady is like explaining to all the young girls how to eat spaghetti. Yes, and the the white guys at the back of the restaurant just like slurping up that spaghetti. Well, yeah, is she she so specific- I was dying. She's specifically t- teaching them when you're when because like. Asian culture, you slurp your noodles, right? She's like, if you go abroad, I'm teaching you how to be women abroad. You don't slurp. Westerners don't slurp their noodles. It's considered extremely rude as this guy is just in the background, like chowing down on some spaghetti. <laughs> the loudest man on earth. It's so funny because uh, obviously when I'm watching that, I'm laughing. I'm like, this is, ex- this is exactly how everyone in America and the UK talks about any Japanese culture, right? It's like in the same ridiculous way. Yes. Uh, just like with this foreign thing is so special and pure, and there's just a guy behind him just like eating the spaghetti. Because I, <laughs> I, I've never, I've I have never been told in my life. I mean, I have been told by like my grandma, like don't don't slurp your food; it's really rude. Uh, but I did it because I was a child. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like an important thing. I just yeah, just a funny scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of goofy stuff. There's like two shots that feel uh, extremely like. Twin Peaks lifted from this, which is totally possible. This movie is very popular, even on release. Um, there's the bit where she's training on the bicycle and just like that, that cadre of businessmen walk by yes. <laughs> in the middle of her like rocky training arc. And then the camera just goes and follows them for five minutes, um, which is very good. Uh, they reminded me of the, uh, what is it, Norwegian businessmen in the... Uh, in the oh, end. yes. The um, very northern... And- Yes, and then when the old lady comes in to touch all the food, he's just playing the fucking uh, <laughs> Angela Badlamenti sex jazz music constantly. <laughs> <laughs> it is doing that. Uh, which is just such a vibe. That lady's so weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I think this movie uh, is extremely funny, and I liked it a lot. I don't know if I have that much to say about it, but yeah. all-time classic for a reason. Yeah. yeah, I really liked it. Charmed. To the roof, to the rafters. To the rafters. Great movie. Yeah. Um, it's not as good. I'm I'm just telling you, it's not as good. Um, the guy who plays Goro, uh, Tsutomu Yamazaki, is in a movie called The Ramen Girl, which was one of Brittany Murphy's last movies. Um, came out in '98. Um, and uh, I remember it's really charming. She's like an American who moves to Tokyo to hang out with her boyfriend. Then he dumps her immediately and she just has to like get a job and she works at a ramen shop and learns the, the you know, the glory of ramen. That's cute. Yeah. And he's he's the guy who teaches her how ramen works. Uh, he's like the grandmaster guy. <laughs> this is his thing, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is uh, I remember being very cute. I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, yeah, it's there if you want more ramen movies. It's the only other one I know of. I'm um, looking. He he played fucking Captain Okta in a live action Yamato movie. Yes, <laughs> I bet that sucks. Um, probably, but not because of him. No, but you tell me they made a live action Yamato movie in 2010. I'm like, wow, that was probably terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, do we have anything else, or should we go to our questions? No questions. Yeah, I don't have anything. 
All right. Um, if you'd like to send emails, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, they can be about any movie, the movie we're covering, or question of the week, or question of the week this time. Destiny, you asked the hardest question I've ever heard. I <laughs> literally have been racking my brain for a week, and I don't even have an answer I'm happy about. Um, which was, what is your favorite movie with the worst soundtrack? Yeah. What? What is it? <laughs> I don't I genuinely don't have a good answer for you because the movies that I like um well here's the thing the soundtracks that are memorable for like bad movies I remember uh I don't remember the other direction at all they just tumble out of my brain right so I just mm-hmm. have a hard time putting it together and then I like did a cursory glance online it was everyone talking about like soundtracks that have bad songs like Oh, we really like Spider-Man, but we hate Chad Kroger's hero. And I'm like, how could you hate Chad Kroger's hero? It's amazing. Uh, it's, it's bad. It, it is a bad song, but it's a hilarious song. I saw people saying that Kiss from a Rose is a bad song. And <gasps> that one made me so angry. Sacrilege. That song is great. Is I great. had like one answer, but it wasn't really for the same question. Because it's well, not it, bad. What was your answer? What was your answer? So, so, like, my answer was The Godfather, which is not of a bad score, but it does have two songs in it. It does have two songs in it, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, they finish the scene and, like, a dramatic moment happens. Uh, and the songs are, are good. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not hating on The Godfather score. But then they'll just play the theme from The Godfather again. And I'm like, well, what's what for this scene? All right, let's yeah. just play The Godfather theme. We didn't make that much score for this movie. We didn't know it was going to be the biggest movie in the world. Yeah, movies where they play the theme the whole movie are kind of a drag. Uh Except for Tokyo Drifter, because that song is great. Yeah. Uh, my um, answer was, I, d- I loved The Princess and the Frog. None of those songs are memorable. They are not memorable. That's correct. Uh, so here's my thing is a lot of the answers I had were about movies that I don't think are good, but I feel like them having bad scores don't help, um, which is like every blockbuster right now. But the ones I was specifically thinking of was like, Michael Giacchino does great scores, right? But he can um, he can do, um, but sometimes he just phones it in or is not given the time and resources to make a good score. And the movies in which he phones it in would be better if they had the real scores. But also, like, because he does a lot of superhero and action stuff, like, and we're watching Lord of the Rings. Bring back fucking late motifs that rip. Like, what are you doing? How do you not just have good themes that play? It should be the easiest thing in the world. Like, I don't really like the Dark Knight, but why is the Dark Knight Joker theme like just that fucking violin that goes for four minutes? Why was Christian Rowan sitting in an airplane listening to Joker themes for six hours? <laughs> My overriding memory of a cr- I can't find any source for that. I know I've heard. I know I remember him saying that. Because why would I have made that anecdote up in my mind? Wait, what's mm-hmm. the anecdote? The, the, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Well, the, 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 I remember, I think it was in a commentary or something, but so some, if someone has the source, please let me know. Because if I made it up, I'll be furious. Uh, but it was like, uh, he got the cd from um hans zimmer like i think it was an ipod uh, of the like demos for the joker theme and he was flying to somewhere for you know movie production reasons uh and just spent one entire flight listening to like six hours straight or however anyone of joker theme variations and i'm just imagining christopher nolan full suit fully focused he would never give the disrespect of not focusing (laughs) on six hours of hans zimmer joker theme and the thing about the joker theme they end up using is it is like three long violin notes that just like ominously crescendo it's like the most boring piece of music in the world Eh, you remember it though i remember because it sucks <laughs> i didn't hate um, it the other uh the other thing that i thought of and these are also bad movies but uh, i recently tried to play lego star wars the skywalker saga and 
I loaded up the sequel trilogy. And the minute I was hit with Ray's theme, I was like, man, John Williams has done such good work in the world. And none of it is in this film. <laughs> Mm-mm. It's like a cast-off theme from Harry Potter. Like what? Yes. Yeah. Like what is this oinky doinky shit? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Those are those are my answers. I didn't have a good answer, unfortunately. That's okay. You did fine. Um, but we have a bunch of uh, emails. The first one actually is from Jen from last week, who sent an email literally 20 minutes after we finished recording our last yes. uh, reference greetings, rip, and I told Jen I would read it. Um, so Jen really liked The Killing, one of those movies. She's like, oh, I was really glad you're covering this. Um, my question, did you think the narration was too much or did it add to the mood? It was the least favorite part of my movie, of the movie on first viewing, but it's really grown on me. I liked it. I don't uh, know. It adds like a, there's a vibe it adds. I don't know. The thing I like about it is that it's like really self-serious and matter of fact and hard boiled when the actual movie is like almost a parody of that kind of thing in the other direction. I think the juxtaposition really works. Mm-hmm. Which is the, like, famous bad narration of, like, Blade Runner, where the fucking end of the movie, he's like, you know, time to die. And then Harrison Ford's like, I don't know what he meant by that. (laughs) (laughs) Just booing, throwing tomatoes at the screen. Uh, I hate it so much. Yeah, no, fuck that. Um, And then Jen's answer to the question week was, I'd love to see Throne of Blood animated, which is a good answer. Um, And Tokyo Godfather's live action. Which, uh, I still haven't seen Tokyo Godfathers. I should fix that someday. Isn't there a live-action movie that Tokyo Godfathers is based on? I have no idea. I haven't seen Tokyo Godfathers. Oh, okay. I just could have sworn it was based on an older movie, but I don't have my phone nearby to look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eve writes in talking about memories Sorry. of... Wait, what? I, I found it. I found the source. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh incredible line here which is uh it was it is real uh after feeling the two disc dvd package zimmer compiled 900 uh, bars of experimental music uh dark knight director chris nolan who said he listened to the entire thing on dur- during a flight to hong kong to scout location says exploring the score was a pretty unpleasant experience frankly. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yes 100 percent true did just listen to hours and hours of uh, a Hans Zimmer Joker themes on a plane. Amazing. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. God. Um, that's amazing. All right. So Eve writes in mostly about memories of the, uh, special features on Tampopo, which if you have the Criterion channel, they're all on there. Um, there's like a making of that Itami made himself when the movie is being made there, or he narrates it. At least there's a whole thing about ramen chefs reflecting on the movie and like ramen techniques. that seems really delightful. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff. Um, uh, but specifically the question was about um, how much you watch supplemental materials or read the essays that come with movies. Um, and uh, Eve's like, well, it kind of depends, but I try to hit all the ones on the criterions that I get. Um, and I, I feel like we've had this question before, but it's always worth covering. Um, yeah. In that I used, to, I used to, used I used to, I used to yes. devour these. Yeah, same. I don't do it really much anymore. Uh, the last time I remember doing it was when uh, we did Citizen Kane for this podcast. I did watch some of the supplemental material, but I haven't gotten around to it for Tempopo. It's on my yeah. list. I want to do it. Yeah. 
I watched them more in a while before I could watch YouTube for four hours every night. Yeah, that's the thing is yeah. uh, when I just needed something on, uh, special features were great when I wasn't watching stupid game essays or reviews of technology I don't actually want to buy or <laughs> all the other stupid things I put my time into now. Well, I wasn't watching a British man get very angry at Dynasty Warriors for in a very funny way. Oh, God. that guy, We got to save that for the other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is a treasure if you if you came to the podcast of that energy i would quit on the spot i don't fucking care <laughs> <laughs> oh incredible anyway eve's uh answer uh is didn't really have a good answer because this is a hard question but it did think it was really funny every time they sing country road and whisper the heart which is very good uh, i don't think there's a bad answer to this I, I thought everybody was valid all right uh, well, um, Hilver writes in with, I think, a wrong answer. <laughs> Might be controversial, <laughs> but I don't enjoy the Blade Runner soundtrack. Wrong answer. It's a great Wrong answer. It's good. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and then, what is a job or profession you would like to see a film centered on? I couldn't think of a specific one, but somebody should make a movie about all the fucked up shit America did to the banana uh, farmer's uh, look up like the Dole Company and all that shit. That's but, not fun. That's not the fun. That's not a fun movie. Destiny. It's not that's a fun a sad movie. movie. Yeah, that's a also, sad movie. Also, there are a trillion movies about American imperialism. That 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 is. I want in specifically a movie about the bananas, though. I'm um, sure they exist. I'm sure probably they nonfiction. All right. Um, I want one about carpentry. I think. Uh, yes, but not not the movie uh, Life Is a House which is the only one I could think of that's about carpentry, <laughs> which is the uh, Kevin Klein, Hayden Christensen uh, inspirational film. <laughs> but I have seen that. Mm-hmm. Any trade, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it should make a movie about uh, the Microsoft Excel esports scene. God. What if they made a movie about a film composer who was kind of evil? I don't know. Uh, it'll probably be really difficult to understand that everyone would post about it for six months. <laughs> I want to see that movie. It's good. It's a great film. Love it. Don't read any tweets about it. It's fine. Just enjoy the movie. Okay. I, I'll do that. They should really, you guys, they should make a movie about Hitman. <laughs> Um, I think it's there's true. plenty of those. I'm joking. Which is more? Um, which is more the thing you're vi- you, this vibe? Is it is it gross point blank or is it uh, in Bruges? It's probably gross point blank, right? Wait, what is the Wait, question? The, the just the, a hitman movie about people kind of that's in the vibe of a tampopo. I feel like gross point blank is closer. Oh, I've never seen gross point blank, but in Bruges, oh, okay. uh, a good answer. Yeah, I mean, in Bruges, like. The, a much better i don't really like gross point blank i thought it was okay i mean yes Inbridge is a better film but i do think that like gross point blank is way more of a hangout movie yeah but like there's no this movie doesn't exist i mean it must exist like it i mean i guess it exists it's called assassination class or an anime because i'm like i can't think of a fucking movie that is about how being a hitman is like the performance of a joyous way of being a person oh we need to watch limits of control limits of control okay <laughs> But like, first, I've you seen... have to watch Ghost Dog Way to Samurai. <laughs> you give <laughs> me a list now? Because <laughs> it, 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 it builds on the same stuff. I don't know. It's, it's complicated. Charm mm-hmm. is an interesting director. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, Rick writes in, I've been thinking about Dallas and the Battle for Algiers, and it leads me to this question. What movie would you enjoy seeing set in space with a mysterious face? 
Uh, we got to have the big face. Yeah, it has to be in space. And it has to have the big face. So, like, ooh, ooh, this is hard. Because obviously, like on some levels, like any movie, I, I love when you a- every. A movie in space. I I can't think of a movie that would not be made better if it was on the moon and there was a big face. Hey, guess what? I got one for you: Ford versus yeah. Ferrari. Ooh, with that, I probably it might that one might be worse actually. Oh, you don't want to put the fucking driving in space on the moon? <laughs> there's specifically there's specifically a scene in Ford versus Ferrari where they've had kind of a. a a tussle and uh christian bale's like i'm done i quit i go home to my wife i'm just gonna be a dad and um matt damon rolls up on him when he's like coming home with like a bag of like groceries just like got milk and bread and stuff and they just get in a fist fight like on the groceries <laughs> groceries everywhere milk spilled everywhere i'm like get it out on the moon <laughs> you can do that on the moon <laughs> you can fight on the moon anyway four versus Rise is a great film i uh like it a lot <laughs> uh, uh fine ronin Fuck God, yes, that'd be a great space Ronin, and but not that means when you say space Ronin, eight thousand nerds were like activated. Imagine like call a movie space Ronin, and like all the weebs go expecting like some samurai spaceship, and it's just the movie Ronin, but it's on the moon for no reason. God, I'd like to see a good Moon Hamlet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to be or not to be not to be to be yes thank you <laughs> that is um, one of the best jokes it is one of the best jokes um god uh what, what i want to see on the moon um it's so difficult i feel like i want something like really light hearted like i want like like bridget jones's diary but there's a big space face there before sunset on the moon fuck yes <laughs> That one writes it. I feel like that one's easy. Easy, easy. Yeah. Just, put, on the, just yeah. like, put some like light future sci-fi and mysticism uh, into. I'm going. That I'm movie. going back to Earth, and she's going to Jupiter, and we'll never see each other. But we have this one day where we're walking <laughs> around the Von Braun city. You know, easy. It's easy. <laughs> the fact this isn't in Planetes is like unfathomable to me. It kind of is Planetes. Yeah, kind like of kind of is. Yeah. I mean, oh, there's a lot of other shit in that, but yes. Um, Rick's answer for the question of the week was uh, Hans Zimmer scores often my least favorite part of recent Nolan films with the exception of Dunkirk I actually do like the Dunkirk score I think it's really good um, but yeah um, my problem is I don't like most of the Christopher Nolan films so that's true yeah um, alright uh, Nigel writes in uh, Tampopo one of my favorite movies saw it in film class in 2010 my professor made us all bring instant ramen to class the day she showed it because she said in the past students have been too hungry to focus on the movie <laughs> I love uh, in, terms of, in terms of good movies with bad soundtracks, first thing that comes to mind is Kioma, a 76 Italian Western starring Franco Nero. I want to say, Nigel, this is the most you answer in the world. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> it's a pretty good uh, movie, but then goes on to describe basically like Altman's McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which has famously like Leonard Cohen songs uh, from his debut album. But what if those songs were like bad and referenced directly the events of the movie you're watching before you, which does sound really bad, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen this movie and probably will not. But um, if you fuck up the the like, we're doing like a vocal track describing the film, the whole movie collapses. Yeah, you really when I was looking for answers, to this there were multiple people who said the raindrops keep falling my head from Butch Cassidy's Sundance Kid is bad, and I think all those people are going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> bad taste jail. I didn't realize that was from 
Um, yeah, it's literally from that movie. There's a whole montage where they're just hanging out, being criminals, riding bikes and whatever, being fun and fancy free uh, before it all goes bad, where they, they play Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. I've seen it in like in Spider-Man. I've, I've known it as a yes. thing that is referenced in modern yes. stuff. I didn't realize it was it's used originally in that movie and basically in the same way of like, look at all Already the good a stuff joke that's about happening. It, yes. yes, right before everything goes bad. Raindrops Keep Falling. It's so yes. funny. That's a great yeah. song. Um. Jen writes in, if you were called upon as a secret culinary master, what would your special dish be? <laughs> Mine is so boring. I make a really good uh, black bean stew with like butternut squash and, uh, well, black beans and tomatoes. And I feel like that would be the one. That'd be the one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mine would be uh, fettuccine Alfredo. Make a pretty good fettuccine oh, Alfredo. You do. I won't need anybody else's. Uh, I'll I'll be the fried chicken guy because I after basically after the pandemic happened, I was like fuck, and uh, then I had to learn like how am I going to make Nando's at home exactly, and I got pretty good at it. <laughs> do you deep fry it or do you like shallow fry it? No, I'm not deep frying it. I'm like cooking okay. one thing for myself. Yeah, fair um, enough. But getting it to like you know finding the right salts and seasonings and stuff and yeah uh jen's answer for best movie with the worst soundtrack would be the first john wick uh you know they didn't have many ideas when they used the same bad marilyn manson song twice i don't remember this at all i don't remember yeah (laughs) oh that's very funny though uh kieran writes in uh like a noodle western which uh, people call this like a ramen western what genre could be altered by the addition of a type of food example given curry room drama i think 12 angry men but the jury are meeting at weatherspoons on curry night <laughs> well i feel like meeting at weatherspoons is a very different right to what i expected yes that's true <laughs> i agree uh but i don't know i don't know anything about british curry which i assume weatherspoons is a british place yeah, but it's not a British curry place. Oh, okay. Weatherspoons is the worst pub on the planet. It's our like know. chain. You know, um, uh, the World's End. The World's End is making fun yes. of Weatherspoons when they're talking okay. about all the pubs. Uh, they're making fun of Weatherspoons specifically. Okay. Um, they are the awful chain pubs everywhere that everyone hates, but always goes to. Uh, this is like the Starbucks thing in America, right? Yeah, but like for pubs. Yeah. Well, the coffee shops are pubs. We had the coffee shops too, but yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I would want like um hmm, Michael Clayton but cake. Sounds pretty good. I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> Michael Clayton goods. but cake. There's big goods, yeah. <laughs> just the easy carrying cake in that scene and not baguettes. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got like one of those giant tower cakes. It's like yeah. teetering precariously. <laughs> a wedding cake, just a full wedding cake. <laughs> That's great. I love this. I don't think I have an answer for this. I feel like I I was trying to think of something punny and I can't think of anything. Um in the uh bad movie soundtracks, uh Karen has Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, as Whoa! someone brought up as someone brought up on a lot of Neil Young and Johnny Mitchell, the songs are way too clean and modern sounding for my taste. I don't well, disagree. I mean that is true, but <laughs> Whoa. 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 Um, well, sorry, I don't tell you. Um, Andrew writes in, uh, what are movies that are dangerous to watch when hungry? Honestly, I feel like most movies are bad about making food look good. 
because shooting food is like really difficult to do in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the thing about shooting movies, right, is you want to have time to get your lights set up and everything. And if you don't get the food immediately done exactly on schedule, it'll look like garbage because it's food. It spoils quickly. You're cooking it. Yeah. Um. I'm sure there are some, but none come to mind. Is that I'm like immediately like oh. The breakfast scene in uh, Phantom Thread made me want breakfast, but, like, I can't think of anything else. I feel like there's a more obvious answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I Like, immediately, I'm like, oh, like, Studio Ghibli food, but that feels like cheating. Oh, the, um, oh, sandwich? Oh, the aesthetic anime food I'm just saying, <laughs> Ponyo wants ham, and when Ponyo gets ham, I'm like, damn, I gotta go for some ham. <laughs> that sandwich that Harley Quinn likes... Oh, just the normal egg sandwich that yeah. she acts like the most special thing in the world because she lives in fucking Gotham. Yeah. And Gotham is a standard for New York City. Yes. She made that look really good. Yeah. Um, question of the week. Uh, answer. Um, while not my favorite movie, but a movie I like, uh, my choice is music from and inspired by Spider-Man. Chad Kroger. The hero's great. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Some 41, Alien Ant Farm. List goes on with bad early 2000s music. Makes me Most glad this era is over. Those, 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 that music's fine. No one's going to hate on Sum 41. They're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was there. I was there. I was a target audience. I was eight years old. Sum 41's fine. You can find, they're, they're dead I, now. It's fine. They died I, last week. I liked them in high school, but yeah, no, they died. R.E.P. Sum 41. Uh, Tron writes in uh, the answer being Blade Runner 2049, which I have not seen. Blade Runner 49, I always laugh because um, it's the only movie I've ever watched where I'm like, this text is too small. It's like a 360 game. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I'm just watching on my TV. Um, Who's your favorite character in this movie? Oh, I liked Sensei. Um, yeah, I mean, like, the, the main two? I don't know. Like... <laughs> Like maybe I, think, the, the, I think I think I'm gonna pick Egg Pervert. Yeah, yeah, like him with his ridiculous death thing going on. <laughs> his final movie. The, it was it was him dying in her arms, like his suit now like pink because he's been drenched in blood and it's raining. As he goes on to explain these yam uh, sausages you get from the hearts of or from the stomachs of boars in the winter when all they've been eating are yams uh, is just perfect. I was I loved it. I was laughing so hard. At that. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, all that stuff's great. Uh, I, I guess I'll if we're picking like side characters, not just I really like the main character of the movie, then I will pick the uh, the ridiculous corporate guy, like the kid ordering. I love it. <laughs> yeah, a hero, a hero. For, like five minutes. Um, I'm not going to ask this question about off-putting experiences of food because I feel like it would make both of you upset. <laughs> yes. I'm already too autistic to talk about half the questions of food we already had. Yeah, you're doing great. Uh, and uh, this one's for Destiny and me, I guess, is what ingredients do you like in your ramen? I like two uh, eggs, the Ajitama eggs. Yeah, uh, I like double up. Love the eggs. Love a good tofu. Love a good scallion. I like uh, I like the I like mushrooms. I like the uh, the fermented bamboo. The uh, I like the Naruto. That guy got Naruto flicked on his face at the beginning of the movie. I was like, man, that's a good Naruto. You just got rid of that Naruto. <laughs> it's stinky. It's too stinky. I mean, it does smell like fish. It's fish cake. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be a little stinky. Um, 
Um, and then we have an honest question. Um, what is your favorite food to eat during a film? Oh, um, the draft house near us does like these loaded French fries and I get mine without bacon. And that's been like my go-to, like when I'm in a snack mood, but like, if we're just talking movie, movie, eh, I just want some like decent candy. Like I'm not out here trying to, you know, I like to eat before or after a movie. I don't actually like eating during a movie. Uh, I, this is like a solved issue. Uh, it's popcorn. We decided this in the fifties or whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like popcorn that much. I, like, I sometimes I, I will don't. have popcorn, but like I don't eat popcorn when I watch a movie. I almost never. Yeah, get like popcorn. Unless I don't somebody... have it anymore because it's bad for me. And um, I like you know there is a reason I don't have popcorn anymore. But the function it fulfills of being something I can eat, like a snack I can eat for like literally a full hour without running out uh, or getting too full, uh, is. The function the popcorn provides, and that's why it's the movie food. Well, yeah, this, <laughs> this, this, this is my thing with eating snacks during the movie: is either I'm going to obliterate the snack before the trailers are over, or yes, and then I'll be like, "Well, I don't have a snack anymore." Or you, it, it endures. You you got a meal and you're picking at it, and then it's like shitty by halfway into the movie, and you still got this like half a meal sitting there, and you're like, "Ah, eh, this isn't good anymore." Um, just shortcut the whole thing and separate your movie and your dinner separate. Yeah, that's generally what I do now. Um, uh, I, I when I go to the cinema, and I mean I haven't gone in a while, but when I go to the cinema with people, I would usually like to schedule like, all right, let's, let's watch the movie, and then we'll get some get food afterwards and yeah. talk about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like to go that order. Uh, yeah. But the question wasn't what do you do; it was what is the best food for a movie, and it's it's popcorn. It's a snack. It lasts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't really if, think if about it's it. like in a perfect world where I have the constitution that I had when I was like eighteen, it's nachos. Yes. I always like nachos. Oh, same. That was like my go-to for the longest. Yes, I was specifically thinking about when I was 18 and going to the movie and ordering a large popcorn and it just lasted me like 45 minutes. I, that, that was, I don't yeah, live the, the life problem, The problem is the nachos 30. don't last 45 minutes. Nachos are done by the time the movie starts. But if I could eat the, if I could get enough nachos where I could eat it like the popcorn, I would, and then I would die. <laughs> yes, now we all stopped this life for a reason. Because <laughs> we became adults. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um... All right, that's it for questions. Again, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, nothing else came in while we were recording today. I just want to double check real quick because I no, feel bad. I believe bad. not. I had not looked at the email in a minute. Um, nothing in there. Let's check the spam folder because sometimes they love to. Nope, nope. We get so much spam. Uh, it's all addressed to you. Spam. It's all your spam. Why is it for me? What do you mean for me? It's our email. I feel like uh, ever since you uh, blew up and wrote for some sites, maybe I mean that's probably what did it, right? I have no idea what did it because I'm like yeah. it's normal. I have a public email that no one sends any email to. Yeah, I know it's always the abnormal mapping one. It's really weird, but it's always addressed to you, uh, which is always strange. It's so weird. Anyway, uh, we have another question. It's mapping podcast at gmail dot com. Um. So next time, uh, we have a bit of news. Uh, first, um friend of the show former co-host of when this was a different thing kyle turner wrote a book yeah yeah um and i've been picking at it uh it is called uh the queer film guide um it's a hundred movies um from the early silent era through to like just like two or three years ago i think is the last movie i kind of flipped to the end i was like i haven't seen that i've never heard of it um and it's just like a huge survey because 100 movies is not all the movies but um 
it's good. Uh, great write-ups in there, stuff that we've watched for this show when it was a different show, and wa- this show when it was this show. Like, Watermelon, Watermelon Moon's in there, but, like, uh, Bitter Tears of Petra Von Kant is also in there. Um, Cabaret's in there, stuff like that. Um, and I wanted to pick a movie from there that I hadn't seen before, so we are going to be watching The Children's Hour. Because um, I've been meaning to see it, because Destiny's talked it up as long as I've known Destiny. <laughs> yep, it's... it's uh... The original is Shirley MacLaine and uh, Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Or not the original. There's a 30s movie version. Yeah, there's, well, there's a play. 30s play, and did they make another movie? They made a movie play? based on the play in the 30s. Okay. Uh, but the, we're referring to the 1962 movie. Yeah. Or, I think it's 62. 61. Okay. Yep. Um, which I'm looking forward to watching. Get your Kleenex. That's what Dustin does. They want me to inform everyone that it's sad. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and then my question of the week uh, was kind of based on uh, my experience with Tampopo. Um, what's a movie that you just kind of avoided, even though you knew you were going to like it? Or one that when you finally got to it, even though everyone said it was good, you're like, eh, you can answer either way. If you don't have one, do the other. If you have both, give both. That's totally yeah. fine. I will endeavor to have something that's not the time I watched Psycho and went, man, this is as mid as I thought it'd be. <laughs> Yeah. Good question. Um, but that's it. Uh, I don't have anything else. Um, if you want more movie podcasts, listen to Ornate Stairwells. They recently did an episode on The Devils, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, and uh, you can check that out at exportall.io. Uh, get more movies because they come out every week, mostly. So, Yes. Um, Destiny, where can people find you? At Fridge Buzz now, uh, most social media places, and my other podcast, Badland Girls, can be found on abnormalmapping.com slash Badland Girls. Jackson. You can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter.com and co-hosts sometimes. Uh, you can find the podcast that me and I'm do at abnormalmapping.com. You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore being. Uh, if you like our podcast and like to support them, you can do that at patreon.com slash normal mapping for $1 a month. You get the great Gundam project. We're watching Gundam Seed Destiny right now. A terrible show, but we're also watching Our Battler Done By, which is great. And we're about done with our Seed Destiny. Only a couple more weeks to go. Um, we'll be moving on to greener pastures. No matter what they are, they'll be better. Um, for $5, you get Blockbusters, where we recently watched Smoking the Bandit and had a great time talking about that. That movie's really good. Um, and next week, next month, we're watching Paddington, the, original, the first Paddington film. Um, and then for $10, you get VoIP Life, which is usually us yelling about some stupid bullshit. This last time was the new Zelda game and Star Wars ships. <laughs> People seem yep, to enjoy we're that. talking about uh, Raylo. We, we, it does not come up once. Oh, ships. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Just, delayed delayed reaction on that one. <laughs> Took me um, a second to. Took me a second to remember Raylo. Also, I was like, for fuck's sake, just gone, just gone. That entire five years was, we all decided it was like a hallucinatory nightmare. No one mentioned Star Wars again. It's dead. <laughs> dead to culture. No one cares. No, that last movie came out. Everyone was like, nah, never mind. We forget the whole thing happened. <laughs> People don't believe it, but before that one week in December uh, 2019, people actually cared about Raylo. It was like a, it was a discourse point. Yeah. Seems stupid now. We all like had water splash in our face. I'm like, what are we doing? Who cares? Um, yeah. Anyway, until next time, movies. Now more than ever. Don't expect to like them. <laughs> <laughs>